0: people so all right welcome back to another episode of it is what it is podcast i'm your host cody kelly connect with me on all platforms with instagram youtube and cd space k i think you have one of my banners But i'm so excited about this really? episode today this episode is mirrored this is not a disney movie i have some amazing guests amazing guests i'm allowed them to introduce themselves Starting
1: with Peter, then Patrick Wood, the and Ian, and Hori, and Alexa, and Natalie. You guys can introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm I'm Peter. My name is Peter Anderson. Uh, I work uh, here in Massachusetts, right outside Boston. I own a clinic, a family clinic. It's called Anderson Family Therapy. Uh, I've been a, I've been a family therapist for oh goodness, uh, twelve years. Um, if you ask my wife how good I am at it, she might disagree uh, about how good I am getting <laughs> now. But I'm uh, so <laughs> try to practice what I preach with her. But uh, yeah, I um, I love it. I in fact I just uh, got done with the client right before I got on the show, um, and I've uh, really started investing in relationships and marriages uh, mainly because I needed some help on my own uh, when I first got married when I was uh, uh, in grad school. Doing the best I could, but wasn't doing a good job at it. Went to marriage counseling and I was like, wow, I really love this and uh, fell in love with it and decided to try to help other people. Yeah. So
0: I'm
2: Pastor Naaman Williams and I'm a pastor. I'm a musician. I'm a father. I'm a friend and I'm a a great basketball player. (laughs) And uh, my, my wife and I, we got married on January the um twenty second two thousand and six when Kobe Bryant scored eighty one points. <laughs>
1: wow. And,
3: and that is what he says every time. Happy <laughs> first that Kobe scored his highest, then happy anniversary to me. Okay.
4: <laughs> oh,
3: so, oh, my good. name is Davita Williams. Um I am um, a first lady of the greatest church in the world, (laughs) and uh, I am a teacher for the Chicago public school system. This is my 17th year um, teaching. I've entered into my 17th year, and I'm um, loving what I'm doing spiritually and uh, naturally with the children, and I'm glad to be a part of this
5: uh, podcast today.
0: Awesome. Me and Natalie, if you can introduce yourselves.
6: You want to go first, Natalie? Natalie?
5: Well, we're together, aren't we? <laughs>
6: yeah. <laughs> um, my name is Ian Beeson. I was born in Jamaica. I'm an engineer um, by day, and I'm going to I'm going through seminary right now to try to become a chaplain. Chaplaincy, and I'm in my last semester and a half here of a seminary, and after that, I will be hopefully ordained within a year and a half, and I'll begin my chaplaincy work hopefully in the hospital setting to begin with, and then maybe end up in a fire department slash police department somewhere. So that, that's the plan for the future.
5: Well, that's his future. Mine is, uh, we're <laughs> we've been married for 17 years. My name is Natalie, the other half of Ian. And uh, we, have, we host uh, the podcast called The Family Mess Podcast. We have two boys, uh, 10, or actually one just turned 11 last week and 14. So, we're just trying to survive that. That's the main thing for me.
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Nice. And last but not least, my guest, Jorge, Alexia. First of all, thank you. You guys have been just amazing, just communications. But if you guys can introduce yourself and what you do.
7: All right. My name is Alexa, and this is my wonderful husband, perfect husband, Jorge. We have a podcast, The kiddos Are Sleeping, and we've been married for a little bit over five years, and together almost eight years. Yeah. We are parents to two little ones, a five-year-old daughter and a 3 year old son. And he is—he's a firecracker, so he keeps on us. He keeps us on our toes.
8: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I um, I work for a food service company. I drive for them, and I like to stay at home and deals with uh,
7: I Hold it down at home.
8: Yes. So. Awesome.
0: Well, excited yeah. to have all of you. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a little bit about myself. So I'm actually a HR technology sales uh person. By day, I, I never give credit to them on my podcast because, you know, this is my own thing. They don't take me to do that. But you know, we're excited to host it. It's what it is. Mondays, uh, six six thirty PM we go live. I have with me my beautiful wife, April. April, this is her first time on the podcast. She usually doesn't join me because you know she's camel shy, and I'm super excited today about having her. Speaking can test. that I am not the world's greatest husband, but I believe I'm the world's most improved husband. Uh, so- <laughs> uh, so we're gonna go there. I'm gonna start off here and I'm gonna go uh, here and then Alexia and is attraction uh a real thing, and obviously we know it's a real thing, but is it something that we should do when it comes to finding a spouse, finding a partner? Uh, I looked I, I was just, I was just thinking back, we celebrated our sixth year wedding anniversary this year. Um and I was looking back kind of how we got to this point. And mm. the first thing, I'm gonna be honest with you, it was a very uh, <laughs> base thing. I just thought my wife looked good. I, I, I didn't do it with my wife at the yeah. time. I, I introduced myself because I thought she looked good. There was no divine connection, there was no you know man from heaven. There was nothing. There was not a voice that came out of the clouds and told me that this was it. It was literally. I thought you looked good. I pursued <laughs>
4: and it kept maturing, and developing.
0: And now we're here, uh, six years later. So Peter. Is attraction something that people should
1: start with or is that inherently dangerous? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, I I think it's always okay to question a part of you that may be attracted to the wrong thing. Um, I think that's always a part. I mean, I think when we look at our own blind spots, so I have a lot of clients who have are in very unhealthy relationships, for example, and wish that they could have gotten out. Um, you know, so I think it's okay to to question. You know, is there a part of me that may be attracted to something that's not maybe good for me? I think we all have that capability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I have a lot of clients where there's been affairs, for example. Um, I think it the appeal of an affair is usually, uh, you know, that person was kind of like the the bad person that I always wanted to date at high school, especially, you know, after kids come and everything else. But, but at the same time, I, I think you're, I, you don't, you also don't want to marry somebody that you're not quite excited to go to bed with. (laughs) So if I could be Mm -hmm. kind of blunt with you, Um, I also have a lot of uh, couples where there's a whole lot of sex problems, you know, where there's, there's really not an attraction And I don't think that's really good either. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I I definitely think that it grows over the years. Um, I'm proud to say that I'm much more attracted to my wife now, uh, even after three children and, you know, all the craziness that we've been through than I probably ever have been. Um, I hope that grows. But I think it's different type than when we were first dating, I guess it's, it's striving for a different type of curiosity that I didn't necessarily have in the very beginning. And that's, I think that's the harder part of increasing that attraction, but also the more it's deeper, you know, I wouldn't, I, I would, I would definitely still say I'm still attracted to my wife, but it's a, it's this deep seated kind of intimacy of really getting to know her and being known by her that, you know, honestly, when, somebody else were to come along just doesn't really appeal to me. And I think it's like, wow, she really knows me. Yeah. So definitely important. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So we're talking about the evolution of attraction. I will say I'm more attracted to her now just based off of the have gone through, health challenges and everything. There's a deeper love there. But I have to start here because if I grew up in church that uh, and I love it to death. I'm not bashing it. I, I think it's just healthy conversation. That kind of crowned upon physical attraction right like it had to be something so divine right something like prophetic to the point that i felt like it was unreal i i just you know i, I couldn't find any biblical examples of somebody who was like god said, this is your wife well i mean I'll, other than adam you know but like i just couldn't you know i couldn't wrap my mind around it and i felt like it wasn't working for me you know like because what if I, you know, I could pray with you, but if I didn't find you attractive, I was going to ask you on a date, right? So, Pastor, <laughs> you, Pastor, you and your wife, you guys, Pastor Church, you guys are amazing stewards in the struggling community. You're counseling young people, and you know, let's say there's people that you know in your church that want to get married or whatnot, and they bring up this thing of attraction, uh, or they say, "Should I wait on God? Should I allow the Holy Spirit to direct me into this journey?" <clears throat> what would you give them
1: for them? Go ahead.
3: Okay. Well, I think that um, attraction is very relevant and important. I'll um, tell you a story. In fact, um, first of all, Naaman and I didn't like each other at first. We couldn't stand <laughs> each other. And, um, when um, I found out that he was human, um, he was actually played the organ for my dad's church. And um, he really helped me with the event. And he was on the organ and he said, okay, are you done with me? I said, well, I'm done with you playing for this event, but I'm not done with you, you know? So I don't, you know, and that was in church, Cody. Was right. the, <laughs> the person was up singing and I was standing there to the organ. He was ready to go. He asked me. The I, devil. <laughs> huh? he was ready to <laughs> devil. was go. in the place. I didn't know where I had interest in him from playing organ. So I really do think that um, being attracted to someone, to your mate, um, is something that's important because that's really what um, really – appeals to you at first glance. Right. You're not really gonna stop and talk to someone that you're not physically uh attracted to even if it's just how they look. Just and he was he still is an awesome dresser. You know, so um yeah okay.
4: (laughs) So I think that is very
3: important. I do. Mm -hmm. And if the church says something different, you know, you know it is what it is.
0: It's what it is. Hey, how come you guys didn't tell me I didn't have? I forgot my podcast mic. I actually had it on the floor. Somebody sent me a message like, You're far away. I had to bring up my podcast mic. This is so wild. <laughs> all right, Alexa, I want to go with you. Uh, first of all, can you guys hear me? Am I good? Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Now you're too talk close. I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> talk about that attraction. Totally. You guys host the podcast show, The Kiddos Are Sleeping. Talk about that. You talk about the kids that you have. Obviously, there was an evolution right to this point. Talk oh, yeah. to us about that that process
8: oh yeah the the way I see it is when you go to a restaurant you know you look at the menu and I love the ones that have the menus of uh food on them you know mm-hmm. they have the picture of the food I'm like man that looks good right there mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you don't you don't got to ask the waiter hey what what does it have no you see everything that's right. how that's how I see I'm like okay yeah I like what I see let me <laughs> you know let me get that <laughs>
7: And, and i feel like <laughs> attraction is important and like um like you know y'all were saying is i think that's what starts the spark you know if if you know if you see them attractive that's what's gonna make you want to go towards them and want to find mm. out more mm. and once you get to know them then they turn out fine you know like they they become more you know attracted to you and yeah yeah so i feel like it, it, it it's important
8: it's important yeah, I, I did. I did my uh my dancing skills when I first met her, so that's how I sealed the deal. <laughs> and I like, let, let me show. You, let me show you how I dance.
6: <laughs> awesome,
0: awesome, Ian, Natalie. You guys have any dancing stories? <laughs> how did that process come about?
6: <laughs> oh my gosh!
5: Oh my God. I mean, Ian hates talking about how we got together. Um, I didn't like Ian at all. We were just friends. I knew him from high school.
7: <laughs>
5: I I mean, I liked him as a person. He was a very nice guy, but I had no attraction to him whatsoever. And, oh. and yeah, I mean, he knows. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing. I mean, I try to sit up with another girl at school. I
6: mean, <laughs> oh, no, tell her. Come on, I'm man. I tell
5: the story. I will tell the story. Oh. But I tried to sit up with another girl at, at school. And um, I, you know, over the years, I guess, oh, actually, what it was, Ian, you came to college. We went to college in the same city. And all through high school, we were friends, and that was it. But he came to college, and he would come over to my house to eat because he was too lazy to cook. Mm. And so, I mean, I guess that's kind of how it started. But I never, I never, Mm. I would definitely have to say it's more of a growing. I'm kind of the opposite. Um, Where I started liking him was, I didn't like Mm. him at first, and over time, as I knew him as a person, then I I liked him more. Um, Mm. But I I did not have, like, an instant attraction. There was nothing like Mm. that. It was years later. And then people would say I like him. I'd be like, oh, heck no, that's just not my type. He's Mm. just, But but, yeah, it's grown over time. So Mm. he's my favorite person in the world now. And I I wouldn't change that for anything.
6: Uh
0: (laughs) Mm. Ian, how did you deal with being placed in that friend zone initially? Like, I I, I would have
4: quit.
6: I, I I didn't even know I was in the friend zone when I first started. I really had no idea what was going on when I first started. So it was more of a friendship thing. And I didn't mind being in that friendship zone for a while because I didn't even know what I wanted. So we just kind of let it go the way it went until, you know, things progressed, but I really didn't mind being in the friendship zone for a while until I really started liking her and um, you know, then things take off from there. But in the beginning it was friendship zone and I accepted that, you know, it was, it was fine. And, uh but like she said, it's been, it's been a growing relationship for us over the years. And um, I've, I like, like you guys, I have been more attracted to her as we've gotten older in the relationship. So it's 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 the thing that grows over time, you know, it grows and it and it does slowly get better, but it's it's a lot of hard work.
5: Yeah, I think for us friendship is was the key. I mean, I tell people when they talk about dating, I said, try to try to before you jump into anything else with people, just get to know them. And and I think that's like the most solid foundation that you can have because all the other stuff gets in the way if you Start off doing a lot of other things too soon, and if you have the foundation, your friendship is the foundation. I think it mm-hmm. helps to, to grow your relationship more solid over time.
8: Oh, Ian just tried that cooking you made, and he's like, Oh, this is the one <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's true. This one go.
4: <laughs> that's what it was. That,
0: that is true. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I, w- I want to go here. Uh, we talk about that yeah. growing process, uh, then Ian, Jorge, then Peter. Um, should we expect disappointment uh, in this process? And, and the reason why, you know, I um this summer, well, 2020 has been a year of events. Let's say this. This has probably been the most suspenseful. And that's the most politically correct word I can think of. Right. When it comes to just life. Uh, so earlier in the summer, you know, Will and Jada talked about their marriage and they talked about this. Um, uh, disruption that happened right and and Jada <laughs> labeled it an entanglement right and it kind of caught fire it, it kind of came like the catchphrase of the month but oh, I look oh. at it objectively a I'm not Will and Jada I don't judge their marriage I don't judge their relationship I don't know what it's like to be the most famous actor in the world mm-hmm. um, but I think they hit on the fact that in order to continue something you have to continue it with all of it with all of its inclusivity and whatever that means right so dealing with that on a very human level should we expect disappointment or or a better word should we expect disruption and I'll start with you Ian and Natalie Jorge and then uh Jorge and Alexa and then Peter
5: um I would say most definitely (laughs) at some point it has to happen it has to come um just depends on when (laughs) The, the question is not if it's when Hmm. So that's not, that's not yeah.
6: Nice. Hmm. yeah the disruption is part of the process because to go into a relationship and believe that there's not going to be anything that's going to happen between the two of you is unrealistic you know there's too many things that are out of our control and there's a lot of things that are within our control but what it all comes down to is choices at times and i found out over the years that disruption sometimes helps makes the relationship stronger you know it's hmm. It's one of those things that if you never get disruption, you never know how to handle it and what you guys are made of in the relationship. I mean, I mean, all of you can probably look back at your relationship and realize there's been some tough times Mm. that you've dealt with. I mean, real tough times, almost dark times, but you come out the other side and you know, and you're still growing and learning together. And I think that's the most important thing is as couples is that you learn together and you learn how to be in a relationship and how to, you know, look to God to help you. And I think that's the best we can do, you know, use disruptions to make our relationships better. Awesome. Right, mm-hmm.
0: Alexa, this idea of disruption, I think is a very mature topic. It's not like we look to mess up. Right. But I think you have to come into anything with the reality is that you're married to a human being. Human beings can be human and they will show you their humanity. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. talk to us about that disruption for you guys not and you don't have to go into details but has there been an acceptance of this truth
8: um i think i think it has in our relationship i know at first for the most part we would like to just think about ourselves mm-hmm. like you did this to me you did this to me you did this to me it's not it, we never really looked at it as well okay so what can we do to fix it mm-hmm. you know what can i do to make you know that I didn't mean to hurt you. What I did was wrong, you know? And it's um, like I said it before, like disruptions can come as a, uh, as surprises. And I say like a lot of people, Oh, I love surprises. And no, you love surprises that you want. You don't like the surprises that you don't want, you know, you don't like, Oh, you can get a flat tire. That's a surprise, you know, just random stuff that happens. But I think disruption does help build, especially us now, you know, we would go to a lot of uh, marriage conferences We encourage that a lot. And we would go and they would talk a lot about that. Just Mm -hmm. communication.
7: Mm -hmm. I think communication was one of the main things in the beginning of our marriage that we did not have. And Mm -hmm. that's why we kept on falling and falling and falling. And now we learned it's not how we fall. It's how we're going to get back up together. Not Mm -hmm. just myself or himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we learn without Mm -hmm. God, we're not going to fix each other. We're gonna be broken pieces trying to be glued together. So it was really hard to understand that, but it's not how we fall, but it's how we're gonna get back up together. And it's not easy, you know. There's there's steps that we have to, you know, get back up. But I mean, like Ian said, it's what helps us grow. That's how we grow within one another.
0: Awesome, Peter. I'm about to make a confessional. Um, Like I said. Don't I don't ever brag about being the most uh the greatest husband. I'm the oh. most improved, right? Like there, yeah, was a, right, right. there was a match there was a maturation <laughs> I'm, not, also,
1: I'm not a priest. Ian is the MDiv guy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs>
0: so. I uh, my my first year of marriage or my first two our first two, three years of marriage um was harder than it should have been, primarily because of me, right? It wasn't like I was out there just wilding, but you know, I I was, I'm, you know, I was selfish, right? I, I felt like, you know, a, I'm, I'm steering, you know, I'm driving this car, I'm steering the ship, you know, if you can just kind of just, you know, fall in line, I can take care of it from here, and I really wasn't communicating, I really wasn't listening, and then I felt like, you know, like I was, I was growing at a faster pace, right? Like ignorantly felt that way, right? And and I think it kind of went to my head, you know, I in that span you know, I completed graduate school, you know, I got the job that I wanted, you know, and I was braggadocious about it. I'm like, you know, I'm the, I'm the man. Like it was just, it was puffing my mind up to the point, you know, and I had to really reel it back because I was becoming something that I didn't recognize. Right. So, you know, thankfully I didn't jump off the deep end, but I can't say that it didn't come to my mind. I can't say that I didn't entertain it. I can't say that given the opportunity, I might not even thought twice about it, but this this understanding of disruption, when you're counseling couples, should you tell them to have a realistic approach on the reality that this not only can't happen, it will happen in some form?
1: Uh, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, definitely disruption, um, I think everybody would say we should expect disruption, but I think very few people are are ready for it, like. Kids, for example, um, can often bring an insurmountable amount of disruption to the marriage because you're not having sex anymore. You don't feel as pursued by your partner. Um, you're like, and if it's a woman, if she has postpartum, um, usually that comes because she has a significant amount of anxiety, like she's not as good of a mom. Like, why am I not having as much love toward this kid? I thought I was going to have more. I see that a lot. It's like, where's that all about? Um, so disruptions that I've seen just as a clinician, it's like, they're just like, they came and I had no idea that that was even supposed to come here. It's like, we really can't predict. I wish I can predict what's going to come. And sometimes like the, the most beautiful gift, for example, children can can often, uh, often like undo a marriage if I'm not careful, but very few people are even aware of that. It feels weird even saying it because you almost feel like you're a bad parent. If you say something like that, it's terrible. It, but at the same time, it's just true. If I'm not, you know, I mean, it could be mothers in laws. I, I live in um, up here in Massachusetts. Um, there's a place, and it's called Gloss, Gloucester. We say Gloucester. I want to say an F word before that. Excuse me. But, you know, everybody <laughs> yeah. talks like that up here.
4: But I mean, you know, it's, it's,
1: it's just like um, I have a funny story about that, by the way. But I, so I, uh, no, but Gloucester is like they're all fishermen. Yeah. And they're like all on top of one another. It's the the oldest seaport in the United States of America from 1640. And so these are people that have been here for like 300 years. And so you have grandma and you have the parent and then you have the, and then you have them. And then you have like the, you have like the children at the very bottom, you know, there's like an Italian Portuguese kind of families Mm. and they, they're really, really uncomfortable with change. And so, Anyway, I bring all this in because it's like they weren't expecting like my mother-in-law or my dad to have such a problem when I bring children in the relationship. And now he or she really, really wants to tell me how to raise kids. I have no idea about that. So, yes, disruption comes. But all I would say is like you don't you don't really always know how to predict it very well. And just to that, that I love what, you know, Ian, what you're saying earlier, just like it should be a part to bring us together. I think there's something about Walt Disney that really ruined marriages because it's like people really think that I need to quote, find the one right there. Well, what is, what is that supposed to mean? You know, what is the one like you complete me, Jerry Maguire. (laughs) It just doesn't, you know, I mean, it just doesn't exist. And, and that's actually okay. Because I think we in American church, especially it's like, we're uncomfortable with failure. I just found that I don't find from other cultures. It's like, we're really uncomfortable that this person has brought, vulnerability in my relationship. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, why don't you just grab hold on it? It's going to happen. She's not going to always want to do this or he's not going to always want to do that. But you know, if you can, if you could, if, so I try to help my clients like accept that failure is not a threat to their, them as people or Hmm. to their relationship that, that, and if they could, if they can like accept that, (laughs) then whatever comes, however, however it looks, I, I feel like they're better prepared. Great question though. Yeah. Just really got me thinking how to answer that. It's very, uh, you could, yeah. you could talk about it for like hours. <laughs> so oh,
4: yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Pastor Williams, first lady was, I I think
0: Peter hit on something and the Disney notion and the Disney notion uh, of the one is, is priest in church, right? Like I had a conversation with a pastor who should not be named, but name and I'll text his name afterward. And he totally argued <laughs> me down that this idea of the one is true. And I always said, the problem with the one theory is I don't believe that, Love is not magical. That's not what I'm arguing. My argument is that if you marry the one, whoever that person is, and let's say, God forbid, you know, they die randomly or they get hit by a driver, whatever yeah. happens, right? And, and and they're deceased. Are they still the one? Can you remarry? Or is the next one the one plus one? You know, like, I just, I don't know at what point does the one phase out or phase in. <laughs> so we're, you know, you're, you're a pastor. We're, we're, we're preached so heavily on, coming against failure right like failure is the sin not the sin itself but the failure is the sin right it's the problem and king david is brought up and the story of Bathsheba and uriah is like heavily entrenched right you just get this powerful man has his way with this woman we don't know if it's consensual or not you know like this this is a problematic story and all of a sudden you just get failure on top of failure and for us it's like don't fail don't fail right that constant don't fail but it's like, how do you not and be human, right? So you're up, you're counseling, and you know, you're dealing with or you have a married a married couple that come to you and they're singing counseling they say, look, we're struggling. How do we deal with disruption? How do we deal with this? What advice do you give them? Hmm.
2: I have to concur with you and everyone first is that as far as the the church really don't really prepare us, in my opinion. Um it's because we're told that, that we have this happily ever after thing that they give us. But um, biblically, um, we really miss something in Genesis is that Adam and Eve had beef already and it was just them. It was a distraction. It was it was it lets us know that um, marriage can have trouble. Matter of fact, Jesus first miracle was that a, a wedding. I believe he knew that every marriage need a miracle. So I believe that, first of all, we're human beings, right? We're human beings. And for me, I have to admit, as a, as a husband, I probably didn't start getting better b- until I became a pastor because I was like, you know, I'm reading books, trying to figure out, you know, how to counsel people. And I'm counseling people really, really well. And then I'm realizing, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm really giving out some awesome advice, but man, I don't even do that, right? So like, I don't even do that. And, and <laughs> one thing that I do, and my wife she doesn't like it, but if someone comes to us to counsel them and they're being engaged, the first thing I try to do is break them up. My wife don't like it, but if I feel like I can break you up in five minutes, then maybe y'all should reconsider. Doing what you're getting ready to do, and she will tell you. Sometime I have been successful. So my outlook, my outlook on marriage is to the point: if you're not ready to compromise from yourself and your thoughts, when you actually know you're right,
1: <clears throat>
2: then this might not be for you.
1: I'm, I'm.
0: First Lady Williams, anything to add to that?
3: Um, I'll just add um, that there are going to be bumps in the road. It's not going to be peaches and cream all the time. As similar life uh, styles that we had, being pastors, children, being in the church, 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 we were raised still differently. Mm -hmm. And When you are raised differently and then you try to become one, there's going to be some bumps in the road. Mm -hmm. As simple as, my family are loud talkers his family speaks very softly. So <laughs> when I'm talking, he thought I was yelling at him. Who yelling at me, woman? <laughs> <laughs> and so when you come to my house, we're all yelling. you come to a family gathering, we're yelling we're talking to each other because that's how we speak. And then I'm at his house, I'm like now speak up a little bit. So when you start to intertwine those things and try to take from your family and His family and try to uh, Blend Take a little bit from each and blend it together It's going to be some bumps in the road But it's not who's right It's what's right Mm -hmm. Right
4: Mm. And
3: so what's right Is of course Biblically the word of God What's right is What's right for the marriage What's going to make the marriage fit and adapt To each To each other So I think um, what the church um, fails at is that we are not transparent. We're not real. We want to make people think that every day is a great day. Mm
4: -hmm. And every
3: day, you know, I love my husband every day, but I don't like him. (laughs) And that's the reality. And so the church wants to make you feel that way um that we're just not as transparent so bumps in the road there are going to be some bumps in the road but how you deal with those bumps in the road is what makes your marriage work don't fall in the bump go over the bump and keep pushing forward Hmm.
0: Hmm. all right so don't fall above keep pushing forward let's deal with that issue of reconciliation right so not Staying at the bump, getting over the, the speed hump. Uh, I watched a very interesting interview today with uh, Tamron Hall interviewing uh, former uh, Florida governor, um, uh, real candidate, uh, Andrew Gillum, right? He was the mayor of Tallahassee. He was a rising star within the Democratic Party. I actually had high hopes uh, for Andrew Gillum as far as his political career. And he was just very, very transparent, Um and his wife was with them, and I could only imagine being um, next to somebody going through this kind of confessional, and it was really a transparent conversation. And it was on basically, this is you know who I am, and and trying to move forward. How do you deal with reconciliation, right? Like, how do you deal with that bombshell, um, whatever it is, um, if somebody admits or or hits this wall, and it seems like. Everything is on fire. And now you're trying to get people to move forward, right? What does moving forward look like uh, from just any aspect? I'll start with you, Pastor Williams, and I want to hear Peter, you, and then um, uh, Ian and Natalie, you guys, and then Jorge and Alexis. How do you move forward once you come to this newfound truth?
2: Um, understanding first that it's going to take time. Um, two, are you willing to fight for the marriage more than you're willing to fight? Three, are you willing to evolve? Mm-hmm. It's because what happens is is when you hit, when you have to. Um, well, remember my wife called we call makeup, up it's down to make up, right? Y'all know what that means. But you have mm-hmm. to be able to evolve where you are not the same person that made the mistake, and that has to be conveyed. Um, not only through words, but through action and through time, in my opinion.
3: I agree with him. What? Did y'all hear that? <laughs> like, <it's
4: a> miracle.
1: <laughs> Lord. Yeah. Big, how do you move forward? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I I am a Christian. I you know I and before I got my MFT actually I, I did get a MDiv and decided but I decided to become a counselor. So, but I say all that because um, I I you know probably seventy percent of my clients are not Christians. Yeah, only about twenty percent are. Um, you know, so it's interesting. Uh, so I follow the John Gottman technique. I really like him. Uh, he's this Jewish guy that basically his only watch couples for like 60 years. And so a lot of his opinions are not necessarily his own, like just personal opinion, but it's more like this is how, this is why marriages work. And this is why marriages fail that he has just seen. So that's what I like about him. And, you know, on this issue, I do follow him that he says that in order to reconcile, whatever it is, you have to attune, you have to, um, or excuse me, atone. In other words, atoning is really, so when I'm talking to even non-Christian clients, you know, you have to really confess that what you did was wrong. And, and when you put a big butt in there, you're not atoning. You're blaming him or her for the, the problem. And I've noticed that a lot of people want to rush the atone part and they want to get to attunement or they want to talk about the complications of the relationship or they want to talk about like, you know, how to you know, do budget issues or maybe, you know, and they're not, they're just not ready for that. And the number one reason why people even divorce actually has nothing to do with how much they fight, has nothing to do with personality differences, has nothing to do with she's an extrovert, he's an introvert. It has to do with contempt. I mean, that's the number one, when a couple comes in and I could see that he has contempt, I... I know that they're pretty close to divorce because contempt is a really interesting emotion because it's the point where we feel disgust mm-hmm. and that's not a good place to be. Cause it's one thing to be really angry at your partner. It's like, you drive me up the wall and even yell, whatever, you know, but when she, when she's at the point where she has that contempt, Ooh, yeah, that's not a good point. That's not a good place. I would so much rather her be yelling at him. You know, not that I, I do ask the, you know, to bring it down. That's not helpful, but I mean, And I think it often rises when we rush past the atonement part. And atonement is the most difficult and yet the most freeing thing you can do. And I've had to do this as a husband and I've also helped clients do it. It's when I stop blaming and I just take full responsibility for what I've done and how I've hurt my partner. Mm -hmm. And there's no but, there's no if, it's no like, well, this is what you did. None of that. There's just like, this is, this is me. This is how I've, this is how I failed you. And it's so freeing when you can do that with your partner. Cause she, she knows it or he knows it. It's like, they just heal immediately. It's like years of bitterness are just like gone within like seconds because it's a real, real moment that you can't force. It's like the, you know, when the prodigal son, he's like, why am I eating pig food? It's like, oh my gosh. And I think only God really does it. Even amongst my I I believe that. I believe God does it even amongst people who don't believe. He just kind of like I see that especially with guys who struggle with addiction. Mm-hmm. They just stop. It's like, no, I got to get help. And it's a mm-hmm. it, but it's so freeing, it's so beautiful. And then they're ready to attune, And then they're ready to like talk about some other issues. So, I would just say don't rush that part as much as you want to. And I get the urge to want to rush the atonement part, but just Huh? <sighs> you know, slow down and just—it's okay to sit with your partner and how you've hurt him or her. Yeah, you know? mm.
0: that's good stuff. Jorge and Alexa, have you ever have you gotten or have you ever had to go through some type of atonement process, or have you ever found yourself on the possibility of being contempt? I I think, and I keep hearing my wife say, uh-huh, I think what did it for me is when I realized, like, I had to make some changes. Is <laughs> when uh, we got to a point where we were just cool. Like, when the argument stops, it is like, you know, like, that's a very dangerous point, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, when you start evolving from, you know, partner to roommate, like, that's a very dangerous process, right? Yeah. So talk to us about that for you guys.
8: I know for us, um, I like to use metaphors for some reason, but I know y'all were talking about bumps on the road. So I realized that I need to change the tires on my car, you know, get stronger tires, meaning I have to figure out we argue different. I like to solve it right now. Like we're fighting. okay, let's fix it now. You know, let's fix it. Let's be about our day. I like to go a whole week without talking to me. He
7: needs okay to learn what he did was wrong. Yeah. So I'm like, no, maybe like three, four days.
8: <laughs> yeah, but I, I learned I learned to pick my battles. You know, there's sometimes we would argue for no reason. I've mm-hmm. had pizza thrown at me. You know, I've had just random stuff thrown at me. <laughs> I've had a plate of food in my hand, slapped <laughs> out, you know, like ready to eat my sandwich. And it's just. This,
7: this is the old me. Now, yeah. now, now we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is
1: that, that why you're shirts? <laughs> right. I've right. yeah. yeah. right.
7: yeah. water, so you're not the only one
1: out there. So. Oh,
4: right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the hardest
7: thing is talking, communicating, what mm. we, you know, what we keep on talking about. And we have to really, really, you know, not be stubborn hard-headed and really okay we're gonna sit down and talk about it which when we talk about it we do tend to argue again but we're like okay look this is what i did and i'm sorry for doing xyz Mm -hmm. you know you made me feel this type of way when you did this so i mean it's hard it's very very hard but it's doable
8: most of the time it's me apologizing
7: no it's not no it's not but yeah no it's hard but but
8: yeah, we just, I think we just have to learn how how we communicate, mm-hmm. you know, because um, we communicate differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm more, let's fix issues more. Let me think about it. Right. Let me think about it, ponder on my thoughts, and then we could go.
7: And another thing is when I get mad, I don't want to speak out of anger. I don't want to speak out of emotion. So if I talk right then and there, I don't want to say something I'm going to regret. So I need to kinda of like, all right, Alexa, chill out first. You know, let me get it together first and then let's get some Chick-fil-A,
8: you know, <laughs> eat something. So I've, I've learned I've learned that that's a that's a good um good way to reconnect. I'll leave the house and I'll bring her back some food. Okay, let's talk about we can't argue on Sundays. <laughs>
0: Not, not open. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. It's a good rule to have. <laughs> Ian, Ian and Natalie, talk to us about that, um, that atonement process, not rushing it. Um, you know, sometimes we're, you know, quick to fix, but I always say that you have to allow things to kind of run their course, right? Like if you if you try to save something too quick, you can slip and fall and drown as well. Um talk to us about that for you guys. What has that been like for you?
5: Uh, <laughs> I'm quick to want to resolve the argument, and Ian's quick to want to hold he wants to hold on to it for who knows how long. Um <laughs> but to begin like to get kind of real, like a few years back, we almost split up. We actually split up for like two weeks, but we sold our house, and at that time um we decided to go our separate ways and and, and he could figure out what he wanted to do, I could figure out what I wanted to do. Um, you know, Peter, you mentioned about kids, you know, our relationship was perfect until we had kids. Once we had kids, mm. all, everything broke loose. Um, mm. And we've had to go to counseling several times. And, and now this was what now, so till 12 years in is when uh, everything hit the fan as you know, people say, and we decided to split up. I didn't like him. He didn't like me. We just mm. had enough of each other. And so I let him go, like, know, Yo, you go figure out whatever it is you want to do. I didn't, I didn't call him. I didn't talk to him. He would call for the kids and stuff. Um, and then he decided that he didn't wanna have a broken home because he came from a broken home. His parents divorced at a young age. Um, and so we tried again. And in that trying, we didn't like each other. <laughs> Even when we tried to start over, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't, you know, we had to like, it was like a forced thing. I had to force myself to hug him. I had to force myself to kiss him because I didn't like him, but we were still married. Um, and I never thought we'd ever, ever, ever get to a point like that in our relationship. Cause we've always been pretty strong, but you know, life happens, things happen. Um, so I don't know about the atonement. I, I'm quick to, I guess, want to atone and make amends and move on, but um, I don't know, Ian. <laughs>
6: I, <laughs> I, I think she's, about that? no, no. I, I think she's right, but I think a lot of that had to do with me. Actually, in any relationship, it always takes one person to make a choice if they want mm-hmm. to stay or not in the relationship. So, what during that two weeks off, I made an atonement and I decided that I wanted. Things to work. And I think that's what it comes down to in any relationship. Somebody has to want to make it work. And then eventually both partners have to want to make it work in order to come together. And I decided then that I really didn't want to keep acting this way and treating her this way because it wasn't right. It wasn't right for me. It wasn't right for her. And I made a choice and I said, you know what? I have to make a choice and I can't be the same person that I am now. I have to try to do things better to make the relationship work for both of us. Because I was a very selfish person. I still am to a point, but I'm getting slightly better over the <laughs> years. I'm trying it. to really work yeah. on it. I'm, I'm really working on it, but it's it, 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 it's a daily choice to try to do things to help somebody else. You have to really mm-hmm. sacrifice your own feelings and what you want in life. Anything you want in life, Now, I think the pastor said it earlier, you got to put those on hold a little bit and help the other person out and look out mm-hmm. for their well-being. That, that's how relationships work is when you start looking out for the other person. really over yours and then come together as one and that's when things really start to work but it's a choice it's a real conscious choice Mm -hmm. that you want it to work until you come to that choice and i think a lot of people never give it enough time they don't give the relationship time to come to a point where they said okay i want this to work a lot of them usually just walk and quit and leave before Mm -hmm. they have a chance
5: yeah Like mm, people are yes. worry about their feelings. So, I don't feel something for this person. But it's, when you're married, it's not about always feeling. You may not always feel for them, but you right. have to push past those feelings and, and try to like, you know, like I had to get back to liking him or even wanting him to hug me or touch me. I didn't want nothing to do with him at all. And I had to mm-hmm. make myself do that. And then I fell back in love and I remembered all those feelings. But at oh, first wow. it was not mm-hmm. something that came natural after, you know, our whole blow up and everything. So <clears throat> mm.
0: That's good. Thank you for sharing that. Uh I, I think for me, uh for us, um I think my choice uh was after I, I got into my 30s. Um I think after my because now I'm 31, right? And I think I had to realize like I'm not I'm not 18 anymore. And kind of this 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 ego that I had built up, right? Like I couldn't feed it anymore, right? Like I, I realized that Age was catching me, and I had to deal with what that meant. You know, transitioning, and and sometimes I think for us and and for men, we try to we try to live in the past and not realize that it is what it is. Right? Part of the pun, right? Like I had to realize, like I don't have hair anymore. You know, like you know, like I have, you know, when I when I eat pizza, the calories actually stay on me. You know, like I it it, it was it was a it was a hard deal because in the past it was like ah, you know you you come in with the mindset like I can get another one right or I can do this again right and you start going through your phone and you know and you start kind of planning your your terrible strategies you know but you know I had to realize like I I woke up one day and I realized I was no longer young Hmm. you know like and that was the hardest thing to deal with for me because like You know, if you've made sports scenes before, and and I'm a better hooper than naming will ever be. You know, like if you you know you got you know you work out, you you, you know you like what you've become, and you like what you're able to do, and all mm. of a sudden you can't do it anymore. That yeah. was a hard phenomenon for me to deal with. Um, mm. I see my I see Ian jumping back on. Last question. I'm gonna let you guys go. I appreciate you guys so hard, but I do want to throw this. I always try to throw a little curveball question, but it's it's simple. You won't drown on this. Is there something, is there a point of no return that your spouse can do that is like, no, right? Like sometimes, you know, I always say, you know, uh, we, we we rely so much on second and I believe second, third, fourth, fifth chances. I believe in grace and mercy. I totally for- believe in forgiveness. But I also think there is a point of no return, right? And is, the, is that true for relationships? I'll start with you, uh, Jorge and Alexa, uh, and then Peter, uh, then Ian Natalie, then Pastor Williams and First Lady Williams.
7: I wanna say I don't you know what? That's a really tough one. It's like you don't you you don't know what to say unless you go through it. Right. So I would say, you know, I think we are giving each other chances, like, all right, you know, I'm gonna give the marriage another chance, I'm gonna give it another chance. But it's hard because when you're angry, you're upset, you know, and everything, your first thing to do is, All right, I'm leaving. Or, you know, I'm going. But, you know, here we are. We're giving a chance and chance. I don't think. I don't know. Like, I don't don't know. It's very hard. So I want to say right now, let's say, if Jorge cheats on me, it's done. It's over. But when that day comes, am I going to have mercy and and forgive? And be like, you know what? Let's fix it. Let's pray together. Let's work it out. You know, Mm -hmm. it it was a mistake. Because we're all, you know, we all make mistakes. No, no sin is bigger than the other so i i feel i strongly believe um we're in it to win it as i say but like i said maybe there is going to be a time where i'm like all right no you know it's time for us to to go but for
8: me um a couple years ago i probably i told alexa i made a decision to love her unconditionally you know and i say like an example we we have our kids and Most parents, there's nothing your kid could do that'll make you stop loving them. It doesn't Mm. matter what they do. They could do the most horrible crime in the world. You as a parent, you're still going to have that love for your kid. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I told Alexa a couple of years ago that I'm going to love her unconditionally. You would ask me, you know, before that, then any little thing, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, we would argue for the dumbest thing. And, you know, there was a time that I left the house for two days, you know, to kind of try and prove her a point. You know, but like I said, two years ago, I decided to love her unconditionally. So in my head, if I love her unconditionally, then I don't think she's going to do anything to hurt me. Mm. I, don't, I don't I wouldn't have that. And I don't have that in the back of my head. Oh, is she talking to someone or is she, you know, looking, looking something? Is she doing something she's not supposed to do? Just things like that. Awesome. That's good.
0: Peter, is there a point
1: of no return? Oh yeah. That's a, that is a, that is a curveball. <laughs> It's like, I wasn't prepared. It <laughs> so, is, <yeah. laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I suppose I just have to lean on what I've seen if that's okay. Um, yeah. like kind of going back what I was saying, like I, I could, you know, when the couple is coming in and, um, they have had years of, of picking up each other's what I call bids for connection. What is a bid for connection? It could be like, hey, sweetie, I just got a text from my mom to, hey, I just got a book. You can see I like books. So, (laughs) hey, Mm -hmm. you know, it could just be a teeny tiny thing. And what what a, a healthy couple will turn toward their partner's bids like a significant amount of time. And it's not like, hey, we need to have a serious conversation. It's like these teeny tiny bids throughout the day and the couple's picking up. They're turning toward the unhealthy couples though, they either turn against them. They're like, Hey, you know, leave me alone, go away. Or they turn away from them. They're like, they're on their phone. You know, we asked Gottman, we asked him, it's like, why, why do marriages fail? And he says, you know, at the end of the day, he says to her, when she comes to him, I'm here for you, baby, the world stops. I'm here to listen. And in a bad marriage, when she comes to him or he comes to her, he says to her, go away. And when you're in a better place, you come back. And you know think of it like think of it like a piggy bank you know think of the pandemic for example like
4: mm-hmm.
1: who who made it through the pandemic well yeah easy if you invested but if you're living paycheck to paycheck you mm-hmm. you didn't make it like you're barely going by but if mm-hmm. you invested you you're doing okay hopefully you know you're you're still getting by marriage is the same way if you bits for connection is like the long term investment but if you're living paycheck to paycheck And then, like, an affair happens, you're not going to make it. But if you are investing in your marriage, because that's the thing, affairs, they don't ruin the marriages that come in. I've seen crazy, crazy stuff that I don't even want to go into. It's like it it would make this whole podcast, like, rated R, you know what I mean? It's just like – and yet they made it. Like, they made it because there was some type of investment in their marriage and – They went through, but the ones that didn't make it through, they were literally on the surface. They actually didn't argue that much. They were good parents. They were getting by and it totally surprised their church. It surprised our community that they're they're right now. They're divorcing and it's because they were like literally going from like one check to another check to another check. And then something hit the fan and they just weren't ready. And I, I like what you're saying, Alexa. I mean, yeah, because you don't know what's going to be. But if you are investing in the marriage, I think you can get through anything. Personally, I mean, I think there are exceptions, right? You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm thinking of some things, but, uh, but uh, so, (laughs) yeah. But uh, no, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's threw me a ball, but I hopefully answered the best I could. (laughs) That was good. and Natalie, is there a point of no return?
5: Uh, well, oh, in, in my 20s, I would say there was. I, I told Ian before we got married, if you cheat on me, I will take everything that you own and you will live in a car. And I said, <laughs> I, I said, if you if you think you want to cheat, just let me know ahead of time so I can go about my business. And so mm. um, at that point, back then in my 20s when we got married, yes. Now I would say um, I wouldn't, you know, I don't hold the same thoughts that I did before. Mm. So it basically would be a case by case situation. But mm-hmm. but yeah, but back then though, with that him, I could see him sitting up in his car with nothing living in that car. Cause I was I told him I will take everything you own if you if I find out you cheat on me. Anything else? We can talk about it. And but
6: she if you would just, too. i
5: will <laughs> take it at all. And I told him I meant it a hundred percent. So but now fast forward 17 years, um, you know, I, that would be a case-by-case basis. So there everything would be a case by case. I don't know.
4: Awesome. Mm.
0: Pastor Williams, First Lady Williams. Um, is there a point of no return? Let's say, First Lady Williams, you come home, Pastor Williams, and turning... I'm not going to name any names because I don't I don't want any smoke. But let's say he just got wild out there,
4: right?
3: Is <laughs> there a point of no return? <laughs> um, if he didn't got wild. He could stay wild out there. Um, I, I like to think that... Um, I would like to extend the same grace and mercy that God extends to us. Mm. Um, and I um, uh, agree mm. with the young lady that said, you really don't know how you would approach something until you are actually in it. So you will think if I, you go through his teacher and you go through fire drills, you go through tornado drills, you know what to do um, in case of emergency. But sometimes when you hit with that emergency, you forget That when there's a tornado, put your hands over your head. You forget the first thing you do, you panic, you run. So you don't know what you would do um, in a given situation. You want Mm -hmm. to say what I could do, but you really don't know. I would like to think that I would extend grace and mercy.
4: Awesome. Man, pretty good. Yeah. Good. Right,
3: I
0: appreciate I appreciate all my guests. As always, we'll do our sign off where they can connect with you. Pastor Williams, first lady Williams, what are you doing? working the people connect with you?
2: oh uh, uh, we the we pastor the church, Bread of life the church that takes the limits off. You can look us up on Facebook or you can catch me personal on namingwilliamsministries.com.
0: Williams dot com. Awesome. Awesome. Natalie and Ian, where can they connect with you? What are you guys doing?
5: Or right, we got our Family Mess, The Family Mess podcast on Facebook and The Family Mess on Instagram and Twitter. Did I get that right, Ann, if he's hearing? Uh,
6: yeah, yes, you got, got it right.
5: right. Yes. <laughs> so hit
6: us up there. Oh,
0: nice. Awesome. Peter, where can they connect with you? What are you doing?
1: Yeah, a podcast I'm uh, part of is called Sound Engagement, and we just have guests on that just take you know, interesting views and just talk to them. Uh, If anybody's in the Massachusetts area, you know, please give us a call at Anderson family therapy. we would love to connect you. I'm actually wanting to do possibly another podcast on just, just marriage advice, honestly. And I'll let you know when that comes on. I I love, you know, uh, doing what I do. So yeah, but. That's, that's really the two places. Awesome. Hey, look, if you want to have me mm. on, I don't have any advice to give to your audience, but sure, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> you have to talk to you talk so No, great. Yeah, please. That's yeah. Incredible. We love we love different perspectives. And yeah, we just have fun. We just, it's oh. it's great. Yeah. Cool. I will. I will. I'll, I'll have to email you personally. I, yeah. I thanks. appreciate it. I appreciate thanks, it. 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 Or hey, then yeah. Alexa, what are you guys doing? Working can the
0: people connect with you?
7: We are The Kittles Are Sleeping. We're a podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Google, and apple apple podcast and we also have a facebook and instagram the kiddos are sleeping they connect and,
8: and the same email kiddos are sleeping at gmail mm-hmm.
1: nice yeah awesome i will what have is it, what your, is that about i'm just curious would you say ke- is kettles well yeah the, the kiddos, kiddos
7: like kids oh you kiddos know, we, okay yeah, yeah. Okay. we can't connect until the kiddos are sleeping yeah. so oh, that's our oh, time that's
8: and
1: we yeah. talk about everything
7: yeah everything yeah. and anything so the kiddos
1: <laughs> Natalie and Ian, what what's the name of your what, what kind of what kind of work do y'all Sorry, I'm doing is this after should you should you say break? Sorry about that. I'll That's have the Therapist, the therapist party is already like coming out. I'm like
4: you're,
0: you're good. Crazy. You're good. I'll have their social hyperlinks post cut. I appreciate you guys again. Look, tomorrow's episode. I'm doing an episode on Latinx Hispanic Heritage Much. I have some uh I have some amazing guests tomorrow. Um, leaders, uh, one of the one, one of our leaders is the director actually of uh Boy Scouts for America. She's over the fundraising. Then I have another one who's a uh, corporate uh realtor. She is amazing. I have some just amazing guests coming through. I also have, I believe, name you coming back on. On for another one, I have Fall and Fitness. That'll be next Monday. But well, it's going to be an amazing time. I want to thank my guests again. I want to thank everybody, Peter, First Lady, and Pastor Will, Natalie, yeah, and Ian, Jorge, awesome. and Alexa. They connect with these individuals. They do amazing work, amazing gifts to humanity. I'll have their contact information on in the Post Director's cup but I appreciate it, guys. So next time. Thank you so Thanks much. For us. Thank you for you. having us. Awesome.
7: Okay.